Welcome Anjani to Wellness Spring. It's a great honor to have you on the show today. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Thank you. Dear friends, my guest today is another remarkable soul whom I had the great honor to speak alongside at the Silver Sirens event, Empowered Women, Empower Women. And I was absolutely in awe of her, her greatness, and I'm sure you're going to feel exactly the same. And Johnny Amrit is a corporate lawyer turned holistic leadership expert and women's empowerment advocate, speaker and international best-selling author. And Johnny went from crisis to contribution, leaving her nine to five to become a socialpreneur. She is the founder of Women With Purpose, online global women's community that influences, impacts, and inspires women to reconnect with their feminine power to become unstoppable. And Johnny, could you please tell the listeners how you went from being a shepherd's daughter to a high-flying corporate lawyer and now women's empowerment advocate? Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting tale to tell. <laughs> um, so yeah, I come from really humble beginnings. You know, I I literally was a shepherd's daughter, still am, a shepherd's daughter. My dad was a shepherd in Cyprus, and wow. so a big part of my yeah, a big part of my heritage is um, Greek Cypriot, and the other part of my heritage is Polish. So. On my mum's side, my mum's um, father was Polish, my grandfather was Polish, so I had that real immigrant blood growing up in Yorkshire, in, in England, and if you know of England, if you've got English listeners, um, Yorkshire isn't, you know, it's a beautiful place, it's got lovely nature and walks, but where I lived, it was very depressed, it was very working class, so I was raised a very, in a very working class immigrant um environment and I had no experience of um, you know anything beyond that until I kind of left school and started studying law so I always had this hankering to get out and see the world and I don't know where it really came from it just always came from inside of me I wanted to do more I wanted to have more I wanted to see more and a lot of my family couldn't understand it. They were like, what's wrong with here? And, you know, there's nothing wrong with where I was born. It was an amazing upbringing, but I just knew that I wanted to see more. And I, I first of all, wanted to become a doctor because all my family hail from um, the medicine industry, you know, uh, doctors and nurses. And so I thought I really wanted to do that, but I didn't get the grades to be a lawyer, a, a doctor. So I thought I'll do the next best thing and be a lawyer because that's what society expects of you. That's what will get me out of here. That's what will get me the kind of success and money and status that I believed at the time I wanted and needed for me to be happy. And also I had a lovely careers advisor, and I say that in quotes, um, who said to me when I said to him, I want to be a lawyer, he literally laughed in my face and said to me, you can't be a lawyer, you're a woman. 
So I thought at him very strongly because I didn't have the self-respect to say it at the time. I thought at him, well, I'll show you. And so I really drove myself to, um, to climb that corporate ladder. I did whatever it took. I took elocution lessons because um, my Yorkshire accent just wasn't cutting it for the law profession. So I changed my accent. I changed how I dressed. I changed my hair. I cut my hair short. And I started acting and speaking very differently to who I really was. And yes, it got me the success. I got into working with the top law firms in both the UK and Australia and led an amazing life on the outside. You know, I ticked all the boxes. I had the status. I was earning insane amounts of money. I was working insane amounts of hours, flying all over the world, business class, first class, staying in top hotels, whining and dining, you name it, I did it. You know, pretty much like a rock star life. But on the inside, I was getting miserable, more miserable and more miserable and more miserable and more unhappy, more anxious, more depressed. Um, and my life outside of work really suffered. My, my 19 year relationship basically ended and I got very sick. I was diagnosed with irritable bowel syndrome and the doctors said, there's nothing we can do. You've just got it for life. Um, live with it, which led me to lose about 19 kilos. So I was literally a walking skeleton and I would have panic attacks every day for over three years. This was happening. And the game changer came from me when I went to a med meditation class. So my teacher at um, at the time who was um, teaching me um, yoga, I was doing yoga, I was really into yoga, said, why don't you try meditation and suggested a meditation group to me. And I went along and it literally blew my mind. It was like the light switch had finally gone on. And I, I disappeared somewhere for an hour. And when we came back, it was, it was like this amazing experience. And it was like, I looked at the world differently and I have ever since. And I, I feel blessed that I had that experience because it really set me on my journey um, to studying all of the esoteric, mystic, you know, um, otherworldly, extraordinary aspects of life that really filled me up, nourished me from the inside out, gave me all of the answers to all of my questions that I ever had that religion never did. You know, I tried religion and it never worked. And so, um, so I did a 360. Basically, I went and eat, pray, loved myself, as I say. And I took myself off to India and studied with great masters, learning powerful techniques that restored my health and brought me back to a place of well-being that is sustainable for me now in the work that I do today and it's a big part of what I share and teach today wow so that was a long answer <laughs> that's all right I, I'm sitting here thinking how courageous you must have been to have chosen a male orientated um, profession working with all mainly men especially you know in those days there would have been all men 
and all the pressures that goes with that and just that heavy male energy and you know that um, pressure to perform well and such a contrast from coming from the background that you had the working class background i know when we talked before you 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 and i had similar upbringings coming from valley towns and mining towns and all the rest of it and you know it wasn't the done thing for people of our class to go to university our parents didn't go there and we both went to grammar school so a massive massive change so i take my hat off to you because as soon as i seen you on the call you were oozing with this beautiful divine feminine energy and i was just couldn't see you with that corporate hat on at all and um, I, I'm so glad that um, you pointed out to me when we decided on this date that it's World Harmony Day so from listening to you about Cyprus and Poland and London uh, Yorkshire and all the countries you've been to you know it's you're a, a real advocate for world harmony you know with diversity and bringing oneness and communities together and um yeah i i i know your name is not really anjani amrit so do you want to tell us where that name came from yes or oh, you're outing me now but that's all good um yeah my my name anjani amrit came from my spiritual teachers so what i call my guru or what the western you know, in the West, we would call a teacher. And um, so I was given Anjani by one of my first teachers, an amazing woman, an Australian guru in her own right, and a former barrister, interestingly. Um, and she, she initiated me into that name. And it means, um, it's another name for Hanuman. And Anjani is the mother of Hanuman in the Hindu pantheon. And what it really means, it's about when you get a when you get a spiritual name, it's about the essence or energy of your soul and, and really the purpose, like your highest purpose, what you came here for. So Anjani means service and devotion. And it really resonates with me. I always am looking to see how I can serve humanity, how I can bring some good, bring some light into the world. And interestingly, my birth name is Helen and it means light. So my parents got it right in the first place. <laughs> um, you know, they got it right. And um, and then Amrit um, is an abbreviation of Amrita. So my now guru gave me the name Amrita and that means the divine immortal nectar. And the story behind it is really about the combining the integration of the masculine and the feminine so that you can liberate yourself from gender roles and societal roles and become this um, light for the world that isn't you know, that can have compassion and I, I'm growing into those names I would never say I've reached you know I'm an enlightened master I'm far from it but it's something that you can grow into. And that's what I love about those names. It, it helps you, it reminds you about your path, your journey and what you're striving for, those higher purpose, you know, what's meaningful to you. So um, yeah, so it's a privilege to have them. And, um, and it brings a different energy when people call me Anjani and, or Amrita, it, it, they call on that energy of my soul rather than 
my ego which is always a better a better thing to have (laughs) (laughs) well I know you are a divine being of light and a breath of fresh air and such an inspiration and um, just from my experience um, the symptoms you described were definitely being of burnout and I think you know we're going through the last two years we're going through challenging times and um you know people are coming up with all sorts of fears there's been lots of loss on all levels um be it family loss or um career loss what advice would you give to these people women especially to um keep going on to stay healthy yeah it's a yes it's such a good question it's so pertinent especially now you know we're post-pandemic we're in potentially a world of war again and people are really struggling I'm just um, writing about it at the moment it's people are really struggling to find their rhythm again feel safe feel secure know what to do know where to go a lot of my clients are saying I don't know what I'm doing now should I stay in a city should I go should I leave my job um very confused very scared and um my my advice is it's really important that we look inward for our sense of security our guidance and our compass you know our our northern star if we are this is what the yogis do really well this is what i learned from studying with masters in india is we have to be insourced what i call insourced rather than outsourced and what i mean by that is how can we insource our sense of safety and security? How can we insource our inner guidance, our direction? How can we insource joy? So regardless of what's going on in our outside world and regardless of the insanity and the craziness, how can we stay centered and calm and at peace and in well-being within ourselves? And that's the secret that the yogis know about. And science, interestingly, is keeping up with this. Um, and science, is, there's a growing body of science that's showing that um, this, they're calling it interception. And what it is, is the ability, they're call, it's this ability to turn inwards, to dial in and be aware of how your body is responding to the outside environment, how your emotions are responding, what your thoughts are thinking. So The thought aspect is mindfulness. We know it in the West as mindfulness. And in psychology, being tuned into what our organs are doing and, you know, is our chest tight? Is our belly tight? Are we having palpitations? Psychologists talk about that. um, And they talk about checking in with the body and the body work, the soma therapy. And so all these traditions and strategies work so well if we can play, if we can do them for ourselves. So my advice would be look inward and dial into how your body is feeling. Dial into what you're feeling right now. Do you feel safe and secure or not? Your body is always trying to give you this information, this data. And if we can start to be aware of it simply by dialing in, simply by closing your eyes for a moment, doesn't need to you know, we're not, we can't all be yogis. So let's not try and do that. But take a moment to just close your eyes, take a breath, dial in and check in. How does my body feel? 
how am I feeling emotionally? And what is my mind thinking? Because when we get that awareness, we're better equipped. We've got more data, more information to then support ourselves and make a change. So something as simple as that, it makes a profound difference in our life. Thank you. And I totally agree. But I also know that um, many people, when they're in a state of panic and anxiety, and especially women, because we're the doers always trying to fix and rescue, we don't allow that time to stop and breathe and look within. So how would you approach that? Great point. And I totally agree. A lot of the work that I do with the women that I mentor is getting them to shift their mindset from it's a luxury to put myself first to it's a necessity to seeing the benefit to seeing that unless we put ourselves first as women, we, we are giving fumes. Okay, so it's a mindset shift for me. And if we're giving fumes, then we're not really giving what we think we're giving. We're giving emptiness. We're giving exhaustion. We're giving a lot of the time anger and frustration, latent anger and frustration. And I, it's not selfish to put ourselves first. I call it selfing, to be selfing. And that means we put ourselves first so that we fill our own cup. Because when we've got a cup full, then we can give what's flowing over. We give the overflow. That way we stay full all the time and our capacity to give massively increases. So if we want to do good, if we really want to make a difference, if we want to support our families, if we want to do well at work, have a loving family, you know, feel good about ourselves, try the selfing, put yourself first so that you fill up your cup and then you can give, you can really give. And this is what's important. It's an important mindset shift for us as women, especially in the Western world, to start to understand and come to terms with. It's not a luxury to put ourselves first. It's a necessity. And I know that from personal experience. I would rescue everyone and put myself last and think, well, that's what I had to do to be a good person, to be a good you know, partner or a good daughter or good in my business. And it's not true. It's, um, it's the, can I swear? It's the BS rhetoric <laughs> that gets fed to us by society. And it's been fed to us by a male dominated patriarchal society. And it's not true. And as women, it's time for us to stand up against that, to change the rhetoric for ourselves first so that we can be that change that we really want to see in the world. Thank you. That's wonderful uh, words of advice. And um, I know you do mentoring. So what would happen, you know, on a daily basis? Because I know a lot of the listeners be going, oh, it's all right for you to say that, Anjani, but, you know, I blah, blah, blah. And a lot of it is because we believe in our belief systems, which we developed as a child. So if you want to discuss some of the tools that you have to um, make that happen. Yes, um, you're so right. Belief is a big part of it. It's um, We can be made to believe anything, okay? And 
a big part of our society as we grow up in society instills belief on us. So our culture, our family, our society instills these certain beliefs on us. So the work that I do with my mentoring clients, and that's either group mentoring or private one-on-one -on -one mentoring, is we look at the beliefs that we are holding that are holding us back. And I get people to question them, to be open to changing their beliefs, not to have blind faith, but to be open. Because when we're open, that's when we get the transformation. And I use a strategy called the SEAS strategy. So S-E-A-S, -S, it's an, an acronym. And it's really a, a method for self-support and self-transformation. And it stands for self because everything, every piece of transformation, any success has to come from the inside out first. So it's all about self, self-inquiry. So when we can practice a little bit of self-inquiry, observing how we feel, observing our emotions, observing our thoughts, then we can start to get awareness. So self-awareness, that's, if we are self-aware more, then we are 75% more likely to making a change in our life that will bring us a different result. And then the final S in C's is support, self-support. We're more likely to have and a realization about how we can change something for ourselves if we've got the awareness there. So it's a three-step process that literally is a game changer and has my clients creating the seemingly impossible. I had a client this um, last week and she was stuck in Australia. She couldn't get back to Samoa where her family was. They'd come to Australia for a holiday and they got stuck in the pandemic. She got stuck here because she caught COVID and she couldn't get back on a plane. And she was her belief was, there's no way I can get back. Samoa's closed its borders. Um, they're not letting anyone in. I'm literally stuck here and I don't know how long for. And so we worked on, we used the C strategy and we worked on that belief. And we got her to change that belief and to claim her new belief that, she will get on the flight and she will, she will get back home to her family. And we got her to energetically claim it as well as claim it out loud. And the next day, the very next day, she emailed me going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, you'll never believe this. And I said, yes, I will believe it. <laughs> she got a flight. The next day she got a flight. She's now back home with her family. Oh, and so I share that because, yeah, I share it because people often think oh there's no way you know um but there is every way that's a wonderful success story and i'm sure you've got thousands that you could share and um you know people do slip back because you get on a roll and you're good and then we slip back and for me personally i think that's where mentors then can step in because it happens to all of us um on your journey who has um mentored you and what effect did they have on your journey i've had many mentors i've been blessed to have many mentors even you know what one of the main the very first mentors um, was one of the main turning points for me was my meditation teacher. And after that initial meditation that I went to, I started studying with him and he was a 
um, Australian yogi who trained with the Buddhist monks and also Hindu uh, Vedic priests and masters. And I started studying with him and learning a lot about spiritual practice. And he would run a group every week um, of spiritual practice, meditation and Qigong. And going to something regular like that really helped me stay on the path, you know, stay on course with my own practice, practices that brought me home, that reminded me of what worked for me, reminded me of how to take care of myself, reminded me how to plug in with my soul, my spirit. And I've had many mentors since, both business coaches, healers, psychologists, therapists, and my guru. And I still do today. I invest in mentors because life is a constant work in progress. We're never done. So even though I teach, I'm also an eternal student. And I know that if I ever start believing that I'm a, I'm a finished project, then I stop growing. And then my life starts to shrink. My business can't grow. My life can't grow. My relationships don't develop because I'm not developing. So I personally invest in um, mentors and have an array of them for the different areas of my life. I've even got a tennis coach, you know, I just, I invest yeah. because that's what gets us the up-leveling, you know, the, the greater success and the growth. And I think everyone needs a mentor. And I say, find someone who works for you and stick with them um, as long as they do work for you, because it, we, it's not a solo sport. Life is not a solo sport. And often we think it is, especially as women and particularly women. The hardest thing I find for women to overcome is investing in themselves because traditionally we don't, we give, we don't put money down for ourselves to, you know, to grow ourselves. So that's the biggest hurdle I find women have to overcome in getting a mentor for themselves, either in business or life. And I really want to say to you, it costs more. It will cost you more mentally, emotionally, in toxic relationships, in failed businesses, not to invest in yourself. I 100% totally agree with you. And it's funny how you mentioned the tennis coach because um, I often say to people, you know, when you work for a corporate company, you've got all the team and the network and the back in there. But even a tennis coach has a huge network support around him, like a dietitian, a coach, a fitness coach, and the list goes on. And it's all about collaboration. And it's knowing that someone has got your back and supporting you. And we're all important in that one um, cog of the wheel, you know. And because we need to grow and evolve. And it has to be all of us grow, growing together for this oneness and evolution to occur and um, you mentioned teaching so what are you teaching and sharing right now at the moment i'm um working on i've opened the doors to my four-week program um it's called um, empower your feminine leadership and i love running this program i i run it a few times a year and i've just opened the doors and it's really, it's for women, it's by a woman, for women. And I run it because I know that women need, it's, you know, it's important that women get this kind of support and it's 
there's four modules in it and the modules look at how women can step help women to step into their power so a lot of the time we're we're leading from our either our masculine energy or our disempowered feminine energy so one of the modules is how we step into our power and let go of that masculine led way that we do work and life um, and come more into our feminine energy which is so powerful it's massively creative and then we use that creative energy for the next model which is visioning and creating our intentions for the life that we really want and then that leads into yeah creating creating um a, a plan a roadmap for how we're going to get there and then there's a module on how we you know speaking up being being heard when we speak and how we can amplify our own voices and the vo voices of other women around us so um, that's kicking off on april the 24th and it's over four consecutive sundays uh-huh fantastic and um it's great that you mentioned voice because i think you know since we're children um especially if you come from a big family and you're down the bottom end you're always fighting for your voice to be heard and you just want to be validated you know um what are, you, what are your thoughts on validation I had that experience too in in my life. I was middle child, so I, you know, wasn't seen or heard pretty much. I disappeared in my family. And then being in that corporate world, very male dominated, my female voice was not acknowledged at all. So I started using a very masculine type of communication, very aggressive, domineering, controlling. Um, quite abusive you know quite violent if I look back on it now and they're not too strong a word and I find a lot in the corporate world that kind of language exists it's very bullying controlling controlling abusive and so um, I've had that same experience and it's important for women to learn that we have a very important perspective that we can bring to the workplace that we can bring to the corporate world to our work to our businesses even to our families and it's not a soft skill that is also the rhetoric that the patriarch has fed us to make us feel scared or to make us think that it's um, weak and it's not the a woman's voice is so powerful when we use it and it's magnetic you know the feminine energy is a magnetic energy the masculine energy is an assertion assertive energy so if we're leading with our masculine if we're speaking from that masculine energy then we have to hard work and effort and it's exhausting and we burn out whereas if we're leading from our feminine voice and our feminine gut our intuition we are massively creative and we magnetize our audience to us we magnetize people we stand out we radiate so these are the things that I share with women, how to connect with that energy. It's inside you. And I actually help women activate it through initiation, through energy initiation. So it becomes alive. That's the juicy part of what I do. And it's the most enjoyable part of what I do. <laughs> Fantastic. If I'm free, I'll sign up. Um, <laughs> I love juiciness and it's always good to be a permanent student, as you said, you know, be part of life. Be, I, I always say to people, we're, we come here as pure, raw innocence, you know, 
the baby doesn't realize it's not a baby and not a, not the mother and not part of the room and so forth and i've heard people say we come to to planet earth for a learning journey but i see it as an unlearning journey because when we pass through that veil you know it's like oh my god what have i let myself in for you know you don't realize what are your thoughts on that couldn't agree more. You have such wisdom. And I want to say I look up to you, Beverly, so much. Um, it's so refreshing to talk to another woman who is just leading the charge with this. And it's so true um, that this happens for so many of us. And it's important that we, I just want to say, I agree with you. I just want to say, it's important that we hear this as women, we hear these messages, and that we start to trust ourselves with our femininity and trust ourselves that when we start to unlearn these roles that we've been playing, that's when we get the transformation. That's when we get to be strong. That's when we get to make a difference in the impact that we're here to make. I couldn't agree more with you. It's all about unlearning what society has drilled into us, even what our family has drilled into us, you know, so that we can grow and learn and bring something new to our families, to our societies, to our culture, our communities, the corporate world, the great unlearning. It's a great title for a book there, Beverly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And I, I'm writing my second book. So I'm like, oh, I love that. I'm not, it's your, it's your title, but such a great, such a great um, point that you make. And I fully agree with you. Thank you. I feel very humbled with what you said about me as well. And um, tell us about um, your first book, the best-selling book for the corporate dropout. How did that come about? Yeah, it's such an interesting one. It literally, I, I heard about it and the energy of the book literally jumped out at the email and grabbed my heart. That's how I felt. It just it leapt out at me and I couldn't say no. I mean, the title itself, Corporate Dropout, I instantly recognized myself <laughs> in it. Um, and, and I thought, what a clever title that will just reach so many women in the world who are not just looking to drop out of corporate, but looking for some greater purpose, greater meaning in life. And that's really what the book is about. It's written by 19 women. So it's 19 stories of women who courageously lived the nine to five, just like I did, and realized that that wasn't for them and realized that for them, their higher purpose was to um, create their own business and bring that into the world, birth that into the world. And it's their stories, but it's also tips and tricks on how you can do that if you're looking for that yourself, if you're looking to leave the corporate, how you can do that. Um, there are a lot of coaches and mentors in the book that have written and a lot of other amazing women with a lot of wisdom that they share. And um, it became a bestseller on Amazon before we even launched it. Wow. So that's how much the world needed it. And in my meditation, when I meditated with the book, I got the message. I was very much guided that those the women that came together were all first-time writers, first-time authors, we're from across the globe. We'd never met each other before. And we all were literally responding to the call. 
And the call was this universal call for women's voices to come together, collaborate, create, and birth this new era, this new world of the matriarch. And we all heard the call and responded. And it gave me goosebumps to share that with the women. And a lot of them said that it really resonated with them as well. This new, the new paradigm coming through this book. And it really is. And we've had such a great reception for the book. And it's, um, I feel so blessed to be part of it. And I've made instant 19 friends with women across the globe. And the collaborations that are coming from that as well are fantastic. We're doing a summit. We've got a book tour. And we're just helping each other in our businesses. You know, we're sharing press releases and um, our own coaches, our PR people and our media people and our assistants. And it just is massively up-leveling all of our businesses, all of our voices. Collaboration is so key. Wow. I, I can relate to it because um, I actually was part of a best-selling book as well on self-love. And um, it's called Lady X, and it was about a journey from being down and out to um, totally recovering and rediscovering herself. And for me, everything is about self-love, as you said, the inness, looking within. I love that word, self-in. And um, collaborating with women, and I truly feel that when women come together, they are unstoppable and I feel that when women are together they are the ones who will make the difference they'll teach the children and they'll make the difference to the men in the world because you talked about the roles a lot today and I feel you know we're all putting on roles like you said with husband's wife mother father auntie friend business CEO, this, that, and the other, but you actually went out and deliberately said, I'm going to change my role. You learned, had elocution lessons, you change your appearance, and you probably, you know, had that male energy as well. And from speaking to clients who totally stress, that assertive voice that you talk about with men, the male energy, is very intimidating for a woman. And a lot of my clients get so stressed about not wanting to go to work because they're bullied at work, harassed. And obviously then some of them are sexually harassed as well because they just see you as a nobody, you're invisible. invisible. And um, it's like, no, ladies, step in your power, you're invincible. You know, you're strong, you're courageous. But what advice would you give to women going into these um, um, male-dominated fields of work? Yeah, I, I had that experience, you know, as a lawyer. I've never shared it before, but I'm actually going to share it today because um, you've inspired me to. And when I was a junior lawyer, um, it was all men that I worked for. So my seniors were men and my juniors were male. I worked in corporate law, so it was all men and me. And we went to, we were on a, um, a trip to Germany once on a deal. And one of the senior partners who was on the deal, who was supposed to be my senior you know, boss and report to, 
we'd we'd spent all day working and then we went back to the hotel to um go to sleep ready for the next day and he he came to my hotel room and knocked on the door and started calling my name and it was like 11 o'clock 12 o'clock at night and you know no no good thing is going to come from that and I knew that and as a young woman I was terrified like I didn't know what to do I didn't want to upset him I didn't really have a good sense of a self-esteem so I was terrified and I just sat in my room shaking not knowing what to do too scared to answer the door scared to not answer the door and I couldn't sleep that night and I was really embarrassed the next day. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. And he just carried on as normal. And I ne I've never shared that with anyone. And wow. so I would say, yeah, the advice I would give is have a female role model in your life who you can feel is in her feminine power, who isn't aggressive, domineering, controlling, but is actually in her place of, in her heart, who you feel safe with. And have her as your role model, whether you're working with her directly as a mentor or you see her, you know, in the broader community or she's a celebrity, have her as your role model and follow her lead and know that it's important that women hear these stories. You know, your podcast is doing amazing things to share these women's stories because the more these stories are shared, the more women can go, oh my God, that that work, that was my experience too. And it's no longer a secret, a dirty secret. Abuse becomes this dirty secret. I grew up in a family of domestic violence and it's this dirty secret that you carry around with you that creates shame and that shame limits us in life. And so I did a lot of therapy, a lot of work on myself, a lot of energy healing to heal that shame and we don't have to carry it around with us. And as women, we carry the collective shame of our lineage, our family lineage, and the lineage of the human family. A big part of the work I do is helping women heal that shame that we literally hold in our sex chakras and in our womb space. And, you know, doing those powerful practices that historically, if we were living in tribes and communities, the indigenous still have it, we have these ceremonies where the women are revered and the women heal the womb space and they have specific practices and ceremonies to strengthen their womb space and to honor their lineage, their femininity. So a lot of the work I do is bringing this back for Western women. So if you're a Western woman and you're hearing this, listen to more of Beverly. She knows what she's saying. <laughs> she knows all about this. She's a powerful uh, woman and you know, have that um, empowered female role model for yourself and, and get some healing on that. It's so important that we heal our lineages. Yeah, I, I think you and I are almost on similar pathways, but I'm sure we're soul sisters helping women because, you know, I um, grew up with similar background and there was abuse in our family. And just my culture at the time I was growing up, it was women were seen and not heard. It was fine for the men to go out and stay out and do whatever they like, but women had to stay at home, barefoot and pregnant, you know? And it was like taboo. You, you were like um, 
a slut or a wild woman if you stepped outside the door. Even if you hadn't had sex with anyone, it was just like, oh, look at her. And we were always being judged by what we wore and what we should do and speak and say. And um, consequently, the men are very jealous and possessive. And it wasn't until I went traveling that I realized, oh, my God, this is unhealthy. You know, we don't have to be you know, stuck in a room with just women, we can go out, we can be our true selves, we can let our hair down and feel safe and acknowledged and admired and respected. And um, I've always attracted women and I've been asked to help um, battered women when I lived here in Australia for 20 years. So I would naturally do fundraisers and you know, we'd educate uh, the community to health and well-being. And the same thing happened when I went to France and Monaco. So it doesn't matter about where you are. And I know this is a big global thing at the moment, but I've always encouraged people to speak up because there's someone similar standing in your shoes and you can be that light. And if you can't speak, have a mentor like you and I um, sitting next to them and maybe they can be the voice and say, um, this is what happened. And I know you, this is what you do in your retreats. So do you want to tell us about your retreats? Because um, you are definitely here to help these women step in their power. Yes, uh, so I run retreats to sacred lands um, across the globe. I love taking people to the outback of Australia and um, women's groups. We do women's business and men's business sometimes. And with women, the women's business work that I do, it's taking women to initiated lands in the outback and to women's areas. And traditionally, the Indigenous Australians and all Indigenous people would have certain areas on their land, on their land that they were custodians of, that were known as women's healing areas and men's business areas. And so we go to those lands because the energy there is already rich with healing. And I take women there and help them reconnect to the land there, the wisdom, the chukapa, as it's called, the dreaming. And literally bring that energy the energy of it and the vibration of it into their own chakras into their beings so that they become transformed and they receive those wisdoms that are literally in the earth there to receive them and to birth them into this western world it's so needed um and i also take people to ash an ashram in india to be you know to receive amazing teachings from divine mother which is also really important when we have that experience of love of being loved unconditionally loved it activates that within us that capacity within us and so we get profound transformation on those retreats we it's a deep dive into more love than you've ever known um, into the mysteries of life and we get transformed from the inside out and you know, I'm a Sagittarian, so I love travel too. So it's a great, it's a great blend of, of everything that I love. And I, I just love watching. I really don't do very much. I just let the land do its work. And I guide women 
to feel safe to connect with the land and receive from the land and it's very powerful there are lots of tears there are lots of realizations there's a lot of healing that goes on there's a lot of connection you know we make friends forever and um and people get to learn relearn about those indigenous cultures and ceremonies that we we really should be having in our western life I totally agree 100% and I love the way you talk about Mother Earth and the land and you know indigenous ceremonies because you know we have so much to learn from Mother Earth and Mother Earth is there for us unconditionally she watches our back and also for the ladies listening and the men to experience unconditional love is indescribable. And I personally believe, you know, when you're in that state and that experience and that feeling, that there's nothing else that matters. And the only thing that matters is love. And love is the key, love is the remedy, love is the way forward. And um, I truly believe that coming to ceremonies like this to open up your heart and being with like-minded people is going to spread the pandemic of love and peace and harmony. And um, I'm so glad that we did get to speak on World Harmony Day. And as a closing note, if there was one thing you could do to change the world, what would it be? I would say, you know, there's a lot of talk of becoming the best version of yourself. And the, the patriarchy has got hold of this and made it something outside of us. And it's not what it what I take that to mean. And what I would say is anchor that love within yourself offer yourself love, offer yourself compassion, and it's an inside job. So when we are able to selfing and self-care in that way, we start to experience that internally, and then we give from that place. So that's what I would, what I would share with your listeners today. Thank you. Thank you. And it's funny you said love is an inside job because it always brings me back to happiness is an inside job with um william arthur ward who was um an amazing poet and i know that you're a poet and a songwriter and i think when we connect with that unconditional love inside us the magic happens and you are obviously um, a true ambassador for love and happiness. So I just want to thank you again for your wonderful words of wisdom. And I shall put all your notes and um, websites and information with the show notes and um, let the magic flow naturally. Thank you. Definitely. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Um, and um, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm very humbled to have been asked to um, come on your podcast, and um, I just love the work that you're doing. So um, you know, let's keep spreading the word. And any women that are listening, please take courage, speak up, share your story. It's so important. Thank you. And I know we could keep talking for hours, and maybe we'll have to have a regular meeting and um, do it on 
live the next time. So thank you.